Welcome everybody back to the podcast. Today I have a very uh, special guest, close friend, uh, somebody that I've been doing ministry with for a while now. I think I met you in 2018. Yeah, it's um, been a minute. Currently he is a, a deacon. Um, he's part of our worship team. He plays many instruments. I'd like to welcome to the show Aaron Gonzalez. All right. You got like a clap button? I do. I can, can I'll add there. that in okay. right now. There it Thank is. You. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, 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 Thank yeah. You. So you're from Michigan? I am. Okay. And what part of what part of Michigan are you from? I'm actually from southeast Michigan, so about an hour north of Detroit. Okay. If I had video and a map, I would pull that up because I'm not I'm not familiar. I with. can show you on my hand. Okay. Like we do in Michigan. Okay. Like right here. Okay. So right right on the thumb side. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. For those of you that are visual <laughs> learners, you're welcome. One thing that you have uh, introduced me to from Michigan is a a soda, a ginger ale soda, which I love. Love ginger ale. Canada Dry is garbage. My, well, by comparison, okay, now it was my go-to. Canada yeah, Dry was yeah, my go-to. That's fair. It's all you had here. It's all I knew. So, yeah, I, Schweppes or whatever. Ugh. That's that's hot trash. Yeah. Sorry, Schweppes. You're not gonna get. <laughs> we no don't want your sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. The soda you introduced me to is called Verner's, or as they would refer up there, is Pop. Pop. It's Pop. Verner's nonetheless. Yes. It is so good. And it's hard to find down here. And it's really near impossible. I get it specially imported mm-hmm. by uh, family when they come to visit. It's become a requirement for a visit to our house is they bring a couple 24 packs and I fill my fridge. Uh, it was what, probably just before 4th of July we had a visit and mm-hmm. there was they brought three 24 packs I mean they're gone at this point like I've gone through them I go through them quickly I give a bunch away yes um, get other people hooked on it and and now you've actually gone to the level of pursuing Verners on social media yes I I've got on their Facebook and tried to find where they locally source it which they don't and other people are complaining about the same thing. Um, and they did write me back. They were, they mm-hmm. were quick to respond, and then I gave them my zip code, because that's what they asked for. Silence. And then they ghosted me. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, we yeah. can't help him. So it was my birthday was in August, and I got some Amazon money, and I was wondering what to spend it on. <laughs> and on Sunday, I, I bit the bullet, and I ordered uh, two 12-packs, and got them delivered to the house and then the the real treat is when you make it into a Werner's float Mm -hmm. and you add a scoop of vanilla ice cream what kind of vanilla ice cream see that's the thing like being here they don't have um bluebell up in michigan so you know i've i've added that to it now being here and i mean that's the ticket it's a treat okay it's a treat I need to try that. I need. I haven't. I haven't done that yet. Sounds delicious right now. Even though it is ten in the morning. Have you gone through all of yours yet? I mean, you just got them the other day. No. But you brought some to a game the other yeah, day. Yeah, we had a volleyball <laughs> game, and uh, y'all came to it to watch our twins play. 
Yep. And I brought a cooler. I look over and this guy <laughs> just pulls out a cooler. BYOS, man. Yeah, bring your own. And he's passing them out. He's got another guy in the crowd that he, he knew and wanted to share the joy with. So So delicious. It was really good. There's nothing better. Really isn't. So you grew up in Michigan, and I want to talk about your childhood a little bit and kind of just how you got down to the great nation of Texas. It is great. So your your dad is a pastor, or was a pastor. Yeah. He's yeah. always a pastor. Yeah. I don't think it ever leaves you. Yeah. And so you grew up, you grew up in the church. Talk to me about what that was like. Um, just as a pastor's kid, what that was like. I was like I was like the next level pastor's kid, I think you could say. Where Whoa, everybody watch No, out. what this means is <laughs> and I've I've given my dad, you know, grief over it over over the years, but it's like he followed me up throughout my age. So he was like my children's pastor. Oh, he just stayed. With and you. then he was like the youth pastor when I started <laughs> reaching that age. And then like we had branched off and, and opened up our own church meeting in a high school and whatnot. And um, and so then he's like the lead pastor and um, as I'm like a young adult at that point. So really it was like all the way up. He was my, my pastor. So there's like no room for just acting a fool even on a Sunday. <laughs> I tell you. And, you know, we were we were in Assemblies of God. That's what we grew up um, originally um Shout out AG. AG and then some Pentecostal in there. And um, and then we went, went more non-denominational um, as he kind of branched out. And um, we had left the Assemblies of God. And, um, you know, so some of those have different reputations for what you can and can't do and whatnot. But um, I'd say they were always, always a good balance. I mean, it was never too crazy. I mean... Did get in trouble for having an Ace of Base CD mm. when I was a, a you saw the sign. I saw the sign, yeah. and uh, you know those things were a little bit frowned upon. I grew up on Carmen and mm. DC Talk and uh, Audio Adrenaline. Yeah, uh, so some of those classics, and then always, of course, worship music was was available. So and I started playing drums at third grade to be on the the kids worship team like we had everywhere like every level that my dad had done like we always had um like he'd always lead worship because he plays guitar and sings so it was like we had children's band and then we had like mm. the youth band and then um the adults so um I started, so you got to play with your dad yeah i, I awesome. played with him always growing up my brother picked up bass you know later and um i mean we were a we were a full team right there yeah if only my sister and mom had any of that, you know, musical ability, but um, the boys did. So, so you're a family of five. Family of five. Brother is older. Younger? I'm the oldest. Oldest. So I've got a younger brother and a younger sister. In order, it's my sisters below me, and then my brother's the youngest. So got it. Yeah, and they're still all up in Michigan. Everyone lives up there. We're down here by ourselves. Um, have been. For almost eight years now, we've been mm -hmm. down here. Uh, we moved down in 2015. Just took a took an opportunity with work. Um, I was with a company that 
basically said, hey, there's a position open down there, but we won't help move you. We won't do anything to help you get there. But if you want it, you can have it. And so we really prayed hard about it. And we were over the Michigan winters and yeah. the cold. Um, having two really young kids at that time, we were just like, this is no way to live. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, Michigan people. It just, yeah, <laughs> it's no way to live with uh, lack of sunshine and whatnot. So we were just kind of looking for something different. And we knew our personalities were the type that at least wherever we went, we'd find a way to get plugged into a church mm-hmm. and, you know, make family out of that. And that's, that's what we've been able to do is just be uh, plugged in, you know, at Ridgeview and just, you know, have a family of friends and um, people that we could. I grew up in California for the first couple of years calling friends of ours aunts and uncles. So it's like yeah. we kind of have that set up here for our boys. You know, they could really call a lot of our friends, aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, if they wanted to, because it's just become close family. So sure. Um, and yeah, so we, we made the leap and and made the move. I, I remember because I'm just kind of driven by the numbers a little bit. So I was like, okay, we need this amount to be able to make this move happen. And I went to God with that. And I was like, all right, God, here you go. $6,000 is what I would need Mm. to be able to make the move, like to be able to move the, get a moving vehicle. Um, I'd have to go down ahead of time, get things set up, move the family down after, but just gave that number. And then I just remember like doing my taxes like a week or two later and it was like it came to like six thousand one hundred dollars or something back in taxes, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, like all right, I guess we're going. We'll mm-hmm. do this, and and we did it. And I mean, we just kind of haven't looked back since. Uh, we go back frequently in Michigan to visit, but I'd say family comes here more than we go there. Sure. Um, and we try to go when it's warm. Yeah. I know we're we're looking at planning a trip here for next July bringing the lows along we might go let them experience some uh beautiful summers in michigan yeah it's about the only time though yeah i don't do well with the cold um my fingers start to shrink and then my ring starts to fall (laughs) off you know the excuses yeah it's not it's not fun i I can't stand it i can't stand the cold and people are like well the heat is just ridiculous and i'll give them that this last summer that we just had yeah. was absolutely brutal. One of the worst I've ever The last encountered. two, like, of all the years we've been here now, the last two have made us, like, pause for a minute. And we're like, mm. oh, this is what they're talking yes. about. Yep. Like, now we get it. Yep. It's brutal. And I don't remember another summer like that. Maybe one, there was one 10, 10 or so years ago. That mm. was absolutely ridiculous. You know? Yeah, there was, I know... Some of the ones leading into us moving here in 2015 was like major droughts or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone kind of like warned about. Yeah. And I remember 2015 was like the year that we had an insane amount of rain. Yeah. And like I had just moved down here like a month into it and it just didn't stop raining. And I was like, what? Like I thought this place was like dry, drought, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was staying over in Las Colinas with a friend, and it was, like, flooding everywhere around there. <laughs> like, we were worried about having to leave the apartment that we were in. I was just like, this is not what I thought it was. Mm. But um, it's leveled out since. But yeah. it was brutal this last year. 
So we'll get to you moving down here a little bit more. Uh, but before that, with your childhood growing up, you know, you, you graduated, you were homeschooled. Briefly. I was homeschooled in middle school. Okay. Yeah. And then in high school? Went back to regular. public school. Yeah. Okay. And really that was because, I mean, what my mom would tell me is <laughs> they saw me going down a path that they didn't care for, per se. Um, friends and just, you know, normal, um, obviously, temptations or whatever, I'm sure. Um and so that transition from elementary school into middle school, I went for like the first half or first semester of middle school. Mm-hmm. And then they pulled me out. I was homeschooled for like, I guess it'd be two and a half years. I went back the last semester of eighth grade and then went into the high school. Mm. So, and it was video based. So, you know, VHS. Oh, yeah. So it was a little easier, so I just popped those in and you know Was it a t- Becca? It was a Becca. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pensacola. Yeah. Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we homeschooled for a year. Um and that was during the COVID year, which was mm-hmm. tough. You know, we were gonna send them to school and then we found out, you know, they're gonna put all these barriers up. Yeah. And we were like, Well, we're gonna we're gonna try it for a year. Mm-hmm. What's funny is the kids, they went back to school after that year, like normal school. And they were so worried they'd be behind. Like, we're like, they were like, we're stupid, you know, because they were, <laughs> they were teaching themselves. Yeah. Which was great. Like, yeah. it's like, hey, here's your, here's your daily lesson. Mm-hmm. And they were getting, you know, two days of work done in one day yeah. and, and a half, actually half a day. Yeah. Like a 10 to three kind of thing with breaks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of fluff in the school and I get it. It's, there's a, there's an insane amount really. Cause I went back like way ahead and yeah. it was like, I didn't even think of it as much, you know, but my mom was pointing that out, like with the, the grades and just like what they were learning by the time I went back in and it was just like, I was way ahead and then I was doing, you know, two, three hours of school a day and that was it. You yeah. know, it's like popped a few videos in and took some quizzes and tests and, um, yeah, so different. And oh, yeah. just, there's so many additional things. One thing I did do that I appreciated um, my parents doing for me while I was homeschooled is they were they would allow me to, um, the schools would allow me to go there for like extracurricular. So like I could go there for like an art class or, or gym or um, music, something like that. Yeah. And so I would get, I'd get to go there, I think it was like once a week or something like that in with all the other kids that, you know, I went to elementary school with and I'd be going to high school with. So it was like, I was still there, but I was just that kid that (laughs) popped in. Yeah. popped in, didn't have to actually stay there for all day. And, you know, so some of the kids thought that was pretty cool. It's like, Oh, he doesn't have to be here all day. And he still gets to be a part of everything. Yeah. I could still do sports if I wanted to through the school. Like I was able to still be a part of it, but able to get ahead at the same time. So that's great. What's well, funny, the kids went back to school thinking that they'd be dumb and they're they like turned out to be like way ahead like you just talked about. Yeah. And not to not to brag about the kids, but they're like the only girls in their um AP math class. Really? And yeah, and they're in eighth grade. So like they're taking only girls like but there's boys in the class, right? Yes. Okay, I was gonna They're say, the so it's girls, not though. like the two of them just sitting in a classroom no. oh, <laughs> with gosh. their teacher, like yeah. you're the only smart ones. Yeah, you might. That might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a problem. 
That would be that'd be bad. That's cool though. Yeah. I mean I, I see them anytime we're over here, it seems they're always hard into their studies, honestly. Like they Man. sit at the table and, and work together off of things, it seems. Yeah. This guy at, at the school, one of the dads came up and was like, Is it a fight for you to get them to do their homework? And I was like, I've never had an issue. I don't know what it is. I was never like, you have to, you know, just a, a jerk about it. Yeah. Like, it was just like, this is something you have to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's going to suck for a while, maybe. Like, you might enjoy this this subject, but you have to do this. Yeah. And they've always taken um, great pride in in their schooling. And I hope it continues in high school because... I mean, if they got the habit now, dude, I'm sure yeah. that's going to continue, no yeah. doubt. They're smart girls. Yeah, thank you. And I really, what I'm really excited about is when they get to high school and they can start working towards that associate degree Oh yeah. during yeah. junior and senior year, which, by the way... That's like where, a thing now. Well, yeah, where was this? Yeah. In the early 2000s. Dude, I would hear about it. Like, some of those, like, rare few kids that were, like, supposedly taking, like, college credits or something, like, my, like, senior year and stuff. But, like, I mean, I didn't take it seriously because I was like, I'm not doing (laughs) that. But (laughs) it was out there, but not like it is now where it seems like some of them, like, yeah, they actually come out with, like, associate degrees. I can't wait for that. What an awesome And they have so many other options, too, now. Like... Even even at like the public schools, the high schools, like some of the uh, career center stuff mm-hmm. that they're doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know the vocational training. Yeah, yeah. You know, I be, I became an EMT years after um, I graduated high school to get started in EMS. But like they actually have EMT school now, like in high school, and so they're coming out with at least some of those skills too. They can go start a career, or start yeah. towards one. It's just incredible, man. I yeah. can't I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. All right, so you graduated high school. You played sports though in high school. I did. Did you play um did you play for the school or you, I, you and and I know a lot about you. So like, <laughs> know, I'm so just kind of like coaxing Yeah, yeah. this uh conversation to to steer you in in that direction. So what sports did you play? I played soccer. Uh I started that probably third grade or so just, you know, community leagues and whatever but then I got into like travel soccer and like select all the way up really um that landed me fortunately at the time for myself you know varsity my freshman year of high school and um was able to play at a pretty high level um you know throughout those years and uh kind of lost focus on it as much once I got to college so Mm. I didn't really you know keep it going I still play to this day. I still play on. I was about uh, to say your 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 talents are still being used. Yeah, the, the I, I rise. still I still I still play over at the rise. Shout out rise. <laughs> um, playing indoor soccer to this day. I play once a week, and it just kind of keeps me in shape at this point. It's just something I've always liked to play. But I did uh, soccer and lacrosse in, oh, okay, in high yeah. school. So lacrosse, I picked up and played for three of the years, and it was. That's a whole nother sport that's starting to get big here. That's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. I want to try and get the boys into it. Just you know, it's like football, but <laughs> you still get to Way hit people. Cardio. You have a stick you get to hit people with, mm-hmm. and uh, it's fast. You know, you're just moving constantly up and down the field. So oh, yeah, it's a really cool sport. So, 
those are the only two I really played. Didn't even follow football or care about any of those other things um, till later in life. What uh, what position did you play in soccer? I was a forward. I was up top. I was a goal scorer. Goal scorer. Okay. Went from kind of midfield because I could get back and forth up and down the field at the at that time. I used to yeah, be in shape. I was about shape. to say, what, what happened? I used to be in shape, <laughs> and I could go back <laughs> and forth kidding. on a full-size I'm field. <laughs> now I struggle to go back and forth on a <laughs> indoor field with walls and <laughs> quarter of the field, but... Um, yeah, no, so I was, I was up top and, um, you know, was there to score goals. Yeah. Speaking of weight loss, um, <laughs> you know, I was going to bring this up probably. And I haven't cashed in. No idea in. where you're going with I haven't it, cashed in on this, but, uh, maybe it was, <laughs> it's about a couple of years ago. <laughs> you said cashed in, so now I know yeah, we, where it's going. We haven't, uh, we were at that point in life where we're, we're like, we're not a, excited with how our bodies look and uh we were going to do a weight loss competition Mm. and i was going to try this one diet and you were going to try your stupid diet (laughs) which was like the made up i'll do what i want to do yeah you were following an actual plan and i stuck to it you did and i won after i think it was a month or so but did we really like we did we tracked it and don't even lie but did we how did we do? I forget. Because was it by sheer number or did we go by like body weight percentage? It wasn't percentage. But I think it I know been. that the terms were agreed upon. I lost a lot th- during that time. You did. And I, but here's the thing <laughs> I lost more and I won. <laughs> so, anyways, the bet was that whoever gets, whoever wins gets to pick out a costume for that person to wear to whatever event. And I haven't cashed in on it yet. And I, you know, there there are times when I'm like, oh, dude, this would be funny. Like, yeah. But it's it's usually at a worship event, and I'm like, that's not the time to make him wear the Dumb and Dumber suit. Yeah, and you, you know? were like throwing out some other. Yeah, there was like Dumb and Dumber suit. There was like Ohio State stuff. Oh which yeah, I wouldn't do. Yep. Oh, I mean, I mean, I guess if you, it's a bad. You lost. To, but like, I mean, that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, I was trying to remember. There was a few options you've come up with over the years, or the, or we've been at things, and you're like, "Oh, I should have done yep. this." Yeah, out in public, you know, going to like a Trump rally with a Biden, yeah, or like vice this, versa, yeah, you know, because you don't really care if I get hurt or injured no. or beat up, like, yeah. At this point, no. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. No, but yeah, man. Okay, so soccer, that's cool. And then you, so you started playing drums was your first instrument. Yeah. yeah. And then you, and I want to talk about some bands that you were in. So you were <laughs> in some bands with some friends, right? I was garage punk rock okay. bands. And you played guitar. I when did. When did you pick up guitar? Huh? When did you pick up guitar? Uh, I'd say probably about high school or so. Um, and... It was also just because I realized I wasn't probably as good of a drummer mm. um, as as it would take. Uh, and at the time, we had had somebody else who could play drums uh, better, and so, but we didn't really have like a guitarist. And like we were into the whole you know three person punk rock band. Yeah. Yep. And so um, I was like, well, I'll, I'll learn. I'll give it a shot. And I did. I mean, I just 
taught myself. I've had no lessons on any instruments, as I'm sure you would um, agree to. I haven't either. Oh, yeah, that's right. You haven't. You've just taken it further than I have. (laughs) (laughs) You practice. (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) But Psalm 33.3, everybody. uh, I don't know that verse. Play skillfully. Oh, see. Play the harp skillfully. Leave it to the worship leader. How do you do that? You practice. (laughs) (laughs) That should be on one of your t-shirts. I'll put it on the back. Yeah, that should be on the back of one of them. No, so I mean, I just picked it up just to help out. And I mean, punk rock music, you just play power chords anyway. Mm -hmm. You don't really do much else. So made it work. And it was fun. You know, we play a bunch of shows and, you know, it was like the lifestyle we were into and uh, my best friend, uh, growing up, Jonathan, uh, he uh, he played bass and sung, mm-hmm. and none of us were like singers or anything like that. So you know, we all just were trying to do things that none of us had any skill in, really. But we learned and adapt, and a few people would show up to shows. So that's all you can ask for. You were willing to stretch yourself. Exactly. At so, that time, I was. Yeah. Yeah, at that time, something has changed. <laughs> when you get up to the mic and like you're like, we'd like to thank James for coming out to the show tonight. You know that one Shout guy, out James. Good to see you again, buddy. <laughs> Pick up your check after. Comes Thanks to practice coming. all the time too. Yeah, he's like that. Fourth There's always guy. that one fan. Yeah. yeah, he plays trumpet. Doesn't have any like value for punk rock unless you're ska. He's just yeah. He was just waiting for us to go ska so that he could join the band. Yeah, type of person. Yeah. yeah. no i just you know i still try to carry that with me i mean i'm willing to pick up and try an instrument and and help out um which is i guess what's kind of led me to be able to play you know on stage in different spots i don't say i play any of them to perfection or better than anybody else but i can um contribute and you know still finding my place within that but i've been able to play different instruments up there which is more instruments than i've ever been able to play like on the stage you know before normally it was like i was always just the drummer or mm-hmm. um never really guitar on on worship stages as much but now i've been able to kind of play that and then bass as well so yeah. um it's been kind of a fun you know thing for me I, i've always believed in If I have the ability or God's given me this gift to whatever level (laughs) um, that gift is is at, you know, if I can use it, then I will. Yeah. And so I know it's helped us out at moments of needing somebody. I know, you know, there's always turnover within worship teams or just, you know, people have different seasons. So I've been able to kind of help out wherever you have requested. No doubt. Although you do request that practice, and so <laughs> I do that with some of the instruments. And it's mainly, you know, preparation for, for the weekend. Yeah. There's a lot of, of people at our church that um, have a great, great gift um, and maybe don't know how good they really are mm-hmm. um, or how good they could be if they, you know, put in 20 yeah. or 30 minutes a day, right? And so... What I love about our team, number one, we're not we're not paid musicians. We're mm-hmm. all members of the church that are invested in the people. Yeah. And we want we want our people to be led by our people. 
that's yeah. that's very very important. So two curriculum or two not curriculum two criteria for joining the team is um, you have to be a member mm-hmm. obviously and like in good standing. Um, you know, not personality distraction and all this kind of things. And then um, two, just not be a distraction during worship for your instrument. So like there are people that will say, hey, not right now, but, Mm -hmm. you know, here's the growth path to possibly do that. So there's, I mean, you've you've played three instruments. I'd say there's even one more criteria there. Oh, go ahead. Which I do appreciate is you know it's it's preferred or recommended that we sit in at least a service. Oh yeah, <laughs> on a Sunday morning. You know, yeah. it's not like we're just there to perform. Um, you know, go up, play, and then go sit somewhere else and and yeah. not be a part of the message. So, um, you know, everyone is required. Really, I mean, it's it's recommended that we go at least sit in one of the services and. It's not even recommended. It's in the contract. No, there we go. So it is yeah. binding. Yeah, yeah, y'all signed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. You know, when when people have like worship green rooms and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. they don't go talk to people out in the lobby. It it irks me a little bit. Sure. Uh, not a little bit. A lot of bit. Yeah. Um, because then at that point, how much of a professional Christian are you? Yeah. Are you just like? Hey man, I'm I'm here to yeah. I'm is here this to just a show. Yep. Like you're here to perform. Mm-hmm. Roll out with your fancy guitars and equipment, and then your lemon flavored Lacroix. <laughs> yeah, have all kinds of criteria for things you need in the green room. Burners. Yeah, burners would be one. That'd be a, that would help the voices. <laughs> I bet <laughs> I could only do good things. Burping into the microphone. Yeah, no doubt. No, but I mean, I do. I think those things are all really important things to have and that's not to say other churches don't have that I don't I don't necessarily know but uh you know those are big ones for us that you know I think has helped the team grow not only you know as musicians but also just spiritually and in their walks and whatnot no doubt I remember reading an article maybe five or six years ago about churches that hire um great musicians specifically they were talking about electric guitar players that aren't with the lord they don't follow mm-hmm. any kind of um guidelines that are biblical but they'll they'll pay them to come and play on a sunday and just how how sad i was to hear that yeah. and then most of them were like anonymous because they don't want their you know their their paycheck to go away yeah because they're getting paid yeah quite a bit i mean i'm talking like three to four hundred bucks a weekend and that's five years ago yeah inflation inflation <laughs> last last year was they're what 10 get out of here yeah so four four to five hundred bucks a weekend to play maybe two services mm-hmm. maybe do a rehearsal in the morning that's not bad money no at all and these are you know essentially professionals that it it doesn't take them much to just go and play that you yep. know it's not like something they have to probably work really hard at i mean obviously they'd have to know the songs but you know if you're like a if that's all you do and that's all you're focused on day in and day out is playing and that's like your job like mm-hmm. 
it's not hard to go play on a Sunday morning, I'm sure, and yeah. pick up all that extra cash. But it's just crazy that that even happens. And they asked them, like, do you agree with what's the message or some some something like that? Mm. And they were like, no, but we but we have to listen to it. Mm. So they're listening to the word being being shared. Now, here's what's cool though, possibly, is they're getting the word. They are. They are getting it at least. That's true. Something could change. Yeah. However, I think there's uh a certain level of spiritual maturity that has to happen before you get on a platform. Yeah. Leading the people of, of God. Well, I mean, you always kind of refer to it sometimes Sunday mornings or just, just whenever about being lead worshipers. Yes. Um, you know, I think there's definitely something to that because that's, that's really, it's really meant for us to be there worshiping and the congregation being able to be a part of that with right. us. You know, I mean, we're, we might be playing the, the sounds that come out and the things that they hear, but um, if we allow it to just be our our worship to, to God, mm-hmm. you know, and others get to be a part of it. Like it's not any one in particular person. It's, it's all of us just worshiping. Yeah. And there's something different to that for sure. So I like that. You do use that lead worshiper. Quite a bit. Yeah. Cause it's important. You know, they, they're like, Oh, you're a great worship leader. Or, I like how you lead worship. And while that's like, I get uh, not like, what do I say here? I'll probably edit this out. <laughs> when people are, they tell me like, oh, we love how you lead worship. It makes me feel good. But I always have to like come back home or like leave that moment and say like, Lord, make this just about you. Yeah. Like, did I did I make it about you? Did I put any glory on me? Because this is not, this is not about me. Yeah. And that's a whole, I could talk a lot about that, like my journey and that, but this podcast is not about me. So um, I'm glad that you're listening to what I say. That's good. I Listen. <laughs> you have no choice. We spend a lot of time talking throughout the week. That's true. Um, I think we're probably on the phone daily. Yeah. Just about. When I return the calls. Yeah, when you pick um, up. When you pay the bill. When I pay the bill. Uh, so generally, yes, we, we talk a lot. And so, uh, I do take in very little of what you have to say. (laughs) Uh, there's a few things that stick with me. Um, so I, I've appreciated your, your leadership there on the worship team and, um, you know, challenging me to practice or something like that. Um, still don't do it, but I try a little bit here and there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I take in a few things, mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. few, yeah. Okay, so you graduate high school, and you go to college. I did. I went to college because everyone else was going to college. Sure. And what was your major? I don't even remember. Okay. I think it was like secondary education. Maybe. I don't even know what that means. I think that's like high school teacher. Oh, Okay. Like history, I was I like history. Okay, I like that sort of thing. So, I think that's why I put. I mean, it really didn't matter because I hardly went to classes. I, what were you doing? Playing a lot of poker. Yeah, 
Um, there was a continuous game going on in our room. Um, were you in a you were in a dorm? Yeah, so like I lived on campus for two years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so like I got the full like college experience. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, staying at home and and going to classes. That probably would help me focus more. But mm-hmm. because I was living on campus, an hour ish away from home, um, it was a Division two uh, college, Saginaw Valley State University. Shout out. Shout out. Um, you know, so there's, there's the full experience of, you know, football games on weekends, you know, just, um, frats and, um, parties and again, yeah, I was living in, in the dorms. So meeting new people, having, um, you know, roommates and whatnot, like, uh, had the full experience, um, didn't lead to a whole lot except college debt, but, um, you know, got like good, good experiences. So when you graduated high school, were you still following the Lord? Like, what would you say your your relationship was? Probably that of most like pastors' kids or people that grew up in the church, but not necessarily having it all click. Like, you know, I think you reach a. a spiritual maturity a lot later on and Mm -hmm. as like kids and and teens and youth it's important to be in it and around it so that you know train up a child right so like so that way it's it's there and you know it to be the place that you can always go back to Mm -hmm. um if you stray from it as i did like in in college you know so it was like i was living the full full college lifestyle and, um, but yeah, I was also still showing up to the on-campus ministry. Like mm-hmm. they had one there. Um, I think it was like Wednesday nights or something like that. It was like a midweek thing. Um, on campus, I started playing drums there. You okay. know, I was playing, they didn't have the same criteria for being on the worship team. <laughs> uh, so I would, I'd be able to play and, you know, made a lot of friends that, you know, were probably doing better in their walks and, uh, but never um, gave up on me, so to speak. They were always mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you gotta be back, you gotta come this week. And, you know, there's times where I'd be going from like a party to, to there, or, you know, to a party right after that and, you know, um, drinking and, and whatever else. But, um, again, it was like one of those things that always still stuck with me at least. So it was like head knowledge, not heart knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, it's also just, you know, it's not necessarily right what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, because of what you know from, from growing up in the church. Uh, but there's part of that. You never experienced it in life type that you go through. I think everyone kind of goes through where like, you want to go experience it. And, um, it's not necessarily a good thing. And, you know, you pray that your kids don't go through stuff like that, but we all have to find our, our path. And I think God uses all of that ultimately for his glory. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's interesting because even I can look back and say, and actually it's not in this Bible, it's my other Bible. Um, you know, I still have the date 
which I don't remember what it is now, but I went on a, a retreat with that um, campus um, young adults ministry. Mm. Um, and we went away for a weekend at a camp. And and that's actually where and when I I got baptized in the lake there. Because, like, everything was really clicking that weekend and just, like, okay, like, this is, it's, it's time to, yeah. to stop this crap. So, um, that was after like two years. And I would also, I was also, you know, going down a path of interest in the EMS world and, um, emergency medical services and being able to go that path. And so realizing I didn't need college for that, it just kind of all happened at once where I was like, got baptized and then ended up moving back home and just pursuing the EMS world as opposed to um, a degree or something like that and remaining on campus. But it was all, you know, after my, my time of doing things I shouldn't have been up there, I was able to get baptized and then go and start living it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, wasn't perfect by any means, but like, I feel like that's the point where I can remember making that, that, you know, was it 180, making a total 180 mm-hmm. and turning the opposite way from all Repenting. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually like cleaning things up in my life. Yeah. And so, which I think is, that's how I've always viewed like baptism and stuff. Um, because it should be the outward expression of the inward change. And right. so, um, you know, doing it at a young age, I, I have no problem with. Um, but I was baptized as a, as a kid, you know, in yeah. the church, but I don't even remember anything about that hardly. And so it was when I was able to make that decision for myself and for my life and, and take the steps that it meant that it, I think is why I will always remember that one yeah. as opposed to my first baptism as a baby yeah. or as a kid. I've got a the similar similar story, you know, bad baptized as a kid, not really understanding yeah, what's going on, mm-hmm. why why he died. Yeah. Uh and I use this phrase a lot. I think I said it with Brian, but you know, you're raised in church but not in Christ. Yeah. And I think there's a big difference, you know, the head and the heart knowledge. They they have to work together. Dude, I did. We had what was called junior Bible quiz, like oh, yeah, JBQ. Yeah. yeah, like we'd go to competitions and stuff, and like it was quizzing on the Bible. Like I know, yeah, things about the Bible. Like I I know where a lot of you know information is. I know where each story is. Like I can. I used to be able to name all 66 books, you know, in order. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I had the head knowledge for sure. Like, mm-hmm. you grow up with it. You know the answers to those things. But, again, huge difference, heart versus head. Yeah. At this point, when you're in college, is your dad still a pastor? Or what happened with with his job and such? Yeah, I think, so we did, it was about... 10 years as um like having our own church and i want to say it kind of wrapped up around that same time like college while year. i was college years 
Um, you know, I mean, we we're still meeting in a church, or not in a church, but in a high school, and we weren't tied to any other church directly, meaning mm-hmm. like there was no support for you. We want to get you into a building. It wasn't like a, yeah. a branch of another church, you know, it was very much Bayside Community Church. And so, you know, we were still meeting in school. I think at, at best we got to a couple hundred, you know, people coming. Um, but it's not I, bad. It's not bad. But again, people don't understand the work that goes, the volunteer work that goes into having even your own church, especially like, and being a pastor's kid, I was there every Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, setting up and like we we had like the full works you know because we would transform this this uh school into our church so Mm -hmm. it's like we had curtains lining you know the hole outside of you know the the main sanctuary which was like the cafeteria um you know the full um sound system set up that we'd have to do for all the music and then like all the different rooms set up for kids and youth and everything else and so all of that takes volunteers. And I mean, mm-hmm. I remember climbing in and out of the back of, you know, a big truck with the small amount we started with to by the end, you know, we had a huge trailer that we would tow in there every single week and set up and have to do that every Sunday morning. And, you know, that that burns you out easily. And yeah. when you're the, the kid or teenager and you have to do it, without being able to say, no, I don't want to do it this week. Like it was just what I did, you know, it's all I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, which was, which was fine. But I think ultimately to say 10 years of that and it not ever getting to a point of being in a, our own building or something like that, um, you know, it was just time to, you know, wrap it up, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, for, for my dad. And, um, you know, there's still, He's, he's become a, a really great uh, person, you know. I don't, That's nice they, of you to say. I can't say father figure because it is a father, as, you yeah. know, as far as, like, spiritual leader, I guess I could say. Okay, like, yeah. Um, as I've grown in my walk, especially over the last however many years since being down here in Texas especially, um, being able to just, like, reach out to him and have some of those discussions that – I never had as like a kid growing up because I it was it was head knowledge like I I was being told all this stuff or taught all this stuff but I wasn't asking the questions and so now um, it's been great over the last few years being able to have that that support and that person to kind of have those deeper conversations with mm-hmm. um, in that way and him being a pastor having a lot to share on that oh yeah it's been, I mean it's all still there he's still got it all up mm-hmm. there so. That's great. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, you know, moving down here to Texas, and you you mentioned we. So you're, we know you're married, you have two kids. Beautiful wife, Jessica. Uh, we got two boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Carter and Tanner. <laughs> did you forget their names? I didn't forget their names. I was going to say, I was going to say age, and I had to think for a second. Oh, quick, gosh. Yeah, 11 and 9. Okay. Um, Carter and Tanner, uh, yes, um, 
Just the family of four and a whole bunch of animals. Bunch of animals, yeah. Chickens, goats, dog, yeah. exterior dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a little farm going. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Yeah. How did you meet your wife? We met at... So this goes back to even when I, I moved back from college and I was getting things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I started plugging into a young adults ministry mm-hmm. uh, at one of the the big churches in our area, um, Woodside Bible Church. And they've got a lot of campuses now, but their main campus in Troy was there. They had a really big young adults ministry, a couple hundred that would show up on a Sunday night. Um, and coolest, you know, experience. It was just so different from what I was always used to as far as just like being around a whole bunch of young adults, people my age that were interested in worshiping and, you know, the music was awesome. It was, you know, it was something I really connected with. They were playing a lot more of the like, you know, Jesus culture. Yeah, Jesus culture, all those songs like that, that like you can just like play and just let go sometimes. There was no Mm -hmm. like time frames of you got to wrap it up at certain times. Like we would just be there forever sometimes. And it was like in the upper, you know, room of the backside of the church and, you know, tons of Young adults would show up and um, worship, and and the pastor at the time, um, man, he was he was awesome. Just connected, just really great um, place to go. And so I really got plugged in there, and um, and that's actually where I ended up meeting Jess, who was also being brought in there from a friend, you know, of hers that she was living with, like a um, couple roommates that she had that kept kept on her, like, you should come check this out, you should come check this out, because um, she didn't grow up um, uh, with that background. It was, you know, Catholic upbringing, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, to go to a church on Sunday night with a bunch of young adults worshiping was, you know, a different place for her to, to go experience, and um, so, you know, we're there for a while, um, ended up just kind of having mutual friends and going out to one of the buddy of mine, uh, he had a lake house. So, um, or his parents did and we, he'd throw like a big, um, I think it was Memorial day or labor day. It was one of those, you know, parties, mm-hmm. um, go out there, do some wakeboarding and, um, you know, everyone would kind of show up from, you know, the big group of us and, um, bonfires and kind of just, you know, it was just really cool, you know, because it wasn't like, you know, bring your own beer or something. You know, it was like actually just a you bunch just of young wine. adults that only drank wine at the time. <laughs> no. So bring, it was like bring it, your own box wine. It was like just a, such a different kind of party, you yeah. know, it was like actually just wholesome. And, you know, people, young adults getting to know each other. And uh, so, yeah, she was out there um, and I had Facebook stalked her. Mm. prior to going out that weekend i I saw her thought she was cute and what year is this by the way dude come on 2000 i have to think okay so we got married in 2009 yeah it's like 2007 and we got like we met and married 
within a year. So it would have been like, yeah, like 2007, 2008 ish. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, ended up kind of following her around that weekend. Um, I remember swimming across the lake with her because <laughs> they weren't huge lakes. You know, they were, they were like really, really big ponds. So there's be a couple houses on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like cracked my rib wakeboarding that weekend. Mm. So I was like in pain, but like, it's like, okay, she wanted, she wanted to swim across the, the lake to the rope swing. And I went with her and just like, you know, kind of hung around her that weekend. And then, um, ended up, you know, asking her out shortly thereafter once we got back. And, uh, yeah, we, so we met and then we I proposed like six months later or so. It's fast. I know. I guess when you know, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, so we didn't date really long. And I think that's kind of the Christian <laughs> um, yeah, we wanna... pathway yeah. for most, you know, is you know, they don't necessarily date for very long if they're trying to do things the right way <laughs> um, as far as the order of yep. things. So, um, you know, so we had, we dated for a while, uh, continue to stay plugged in at um, Young Adults Ministry. And, um, you know, so then got engaged and then got married about a year after. Did you ask her dad? For her hand? I did. You did. What was that like? Oh, my gosh. It was... (laughs) So, I got us tickets to go see the Red Wings. Okay. Detroit Red Wings. So, hockey game. He's a big fan. And they're from the west side of the state. They live in Kalamazoo. So, it's like two and a half hours straight west of of the Detroit side. So, Mm -hmm. um, he came over for the game... And it was just him and I going. And so we were driving down to Detroit to watch the game. And um, were you driving or was he driving? It's a great that's question. A good question. Yeah. Now I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I think he was driving. Now that I think about it. And I remember, you know, and I'm still getting to know all the family at the time, but like. So I got standing room tickets because that's all I could afford. Oh, yeah. And, like, didn't think that part through, I guess, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> it probably, he would have preferred to be sitting, I'm sure. Um, bad knees run as, runs in the family, mm-hmm. so. Um, well, they don't run. I mean, the they, they walk through <laughs> the family. <laughs> but I, I got standing room only, Um you know, so we were leaned up against the wall watching the game. But I did ask on the way down to the game. Um, oh, okay. So it was before we got there. Um, Dude, that's a dangerous I know. spot to ask because if he says no, you still have to watch the game <laughs> with him. This is true. You this still is have to true. watch the game, and it could be awkward. But it, it did, I would say, it probably gave me a little more grace on the fact that I got standing room tickets. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, okay, like, that was really the whole point of this whole thing, and now we'll just go catch a game. Um, and so we ended up getting seats 
in like the last period because oh, I yeah, had I had friends that were there at the game too, and they ended up leaving. And so I was like, "Dude, bring me your ticket," and he did, and we got to go sit up there and watch the rest of it. But um, yeah, it was just kind of how it went. Mm-hmm. And I did ask formally. And what was his reaction? Like, did he kind of know it was coming? I don't think he did actually. Really. I think he thought like it could have, um, but like Jess and I had both had like long, longer term relationships before meeting each other and like, you know, years long. And so it hadn't happened at that point for them. And so here we are like six months into dating mm-hmm. and then I'm asking. So it was mm-hmm. like, I think it was more of a surprise, like, oh, and like, it was a good surprise. Like he was like, are you serious? Like, Yeah. Like it was, it was a, it was a, a yes. That's amazing. Yeah. But I do remember that part of it. I I'm pretty sure he drove and uh, we had standing room tickets, went to a wings game and I asked. So I always think of the, I mean, I want to talk to somebody who this has really happened to, not to dwell on their sadness but you know it's denied yeah somebody that gets denied so you're still just searching for that person yeah like, um, <laughs> if you know anybody let me know no that because there's this everybody loves raymond episode uh where robert drives to because they live in new york i think that he drives like pennsylvania or mm-hmm. something to ask amy's parents who are like uber religious like he he knocks on the door and they're doing a puzzle of jesus oh jeez. and he comes in and he's like hey i want to you know, and this is like after they've been on and again, off again. If you know the mm-hmm. show, you know. Um, and he says, "Can I marry Amy?" And they just they, you know, it's just a little pause, and they go, "No, no, you can't." <laughs> and he's devastating, oh, you know. That would be. Um, but it was important for her because he he asked her, mm. "Will you marry me?" Before. Before asking uh, before asking uh, the dad. And she yeah. said, Well, I want you to ask my dad. And that's when he was terrified. Oh jeez. Um, but yeah, it I'm glad he said yes. That's yeah, good... and I did ask, you know, him before even asking Jess or alluding to it. So I mean, she didn't know that was coming. So it was definitely very much planned. Um yeah. but I tried to go in the right order for those things. Did you save up for a ring? I did. Or did you? I mean, like, how long did that take? Was it Michael Scott says? How much you're supposed to spend on it? <laughs> Three years' salary. Three years salary. That's what he says. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I did. I saved up for one. Um, you know, we would we'd go to the mall and like try on rings. Mm. So you Prior know her size. That, like, so I'd know her size um, and what she kind of liked and. Um, you know, we ended up, ended up going with the one that she had liked. Luckily, she's not like, you know, super fancy, (laughs) expecting like the, the biggest diamond or anything, but, uh, it was one that, you know, was good for her hand and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I did, I saved up for it and, uh, I don't know if they did this for you guys, but when I proposed, you know, I got the ring, but I had to give them three post-dated checks because I didn't have, I didn't have the money to buy it. Oh, okay. So I would, 
I gave them, you know, a check for this month, a check for the month after, and then the check for the month after. So it was three months paid out, sort of layaway-ish. Yeah. Or like credit-ish. It was very, very different. Jeez, writing checks. Oh, yeah. I mean. That was 2000. We got married in 2008. Yeah. So at that time. Yeah, that would have been about the time I was starting to look. And so I guess that would would have been an option. Yep. I I think I... (laughs) Now that I think about it, maybe I did do like a credit card open there and paid it off before giving it to her. I don't remember. Mm. I have to look back. But it wasn't crazy expensive or you know, I was I was working as a EMT in paramedic school at the time. So like yeah. um, you know, luckily in EMS you can work a lot of overtime and as a single person you can pick up Tons of shifts and it's kind of nice. And you're living at home still, so yeah, rent is probably yeah cheap or nothing. Yeah, yeah, I was able to move back home for that time. I had lived in apartments um, some of the times in between there, like between moving home from college and like um, getting married. Um, but I did move back home specifically because I was in paramedic school mm-hmm. and paying for paramedic school or part of it. I didn't pay for all of it because my company paid for some. But, you know, I still had to make a payment every month on it and, um, yeah, had to save all that I could. And I was coming out of retail. I was working retail prior to doing EMS. Oh, yeah, at Hollister. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. I was a mall rat. Yeah. That's why I was able to find the ring there at the mall. (laughs) Yes, I worked in retail while I was up at college. I started working at Hollister up there. Jeez. And then I moved back home and transferred to the mall down by us. So I still had a job while I was trying to get a job as an EMT. And then... um, and once I got into EMS, I stayed with EMS. But yeah, there was some time there. I spent a few years at Hollister Company. Back in the day when things weren't like they were now at the malls. I mean, the mall was like where you go. Like yeah. All of us would go. So that was my job. That's awesome. Yeah. So you moved down here. And now your your current role is you're working with CareFlight. Yes. And you're still in that sort of hospital-ish world, mm-hmm. um, which is very cool. And obviously you're a deacon, part of the worship team. Oh, also I wanted to talk to you about the trips with Dave yeah, to Nathaniel Kenya Project. and Nathaniel Project and all that stuff. So you've gone how many times now? I've gone three. This will be my fourth trip here in January coming up. Okay. So each one's been a different experience. Uh, this this one coming up, I was just talking with Dave uh, yesterday. We were texting. Uh, I think we're starting to get the excitement going because like, our flights are booked and mm. you know, now we're starting to do the actual planning. Um but it'll be kind of the biggest group we've taken. Um, How many are going? I think there's like 10. Oh, wow. 10 or so. Um, and it's a longer trip than normal. You know, normally it's like 10 days. 
between, you know, when we leave here and when we're back. So obviously there's like 22 hours of flying in there somewhere. Sure. Um, but this will be the longest trip that we've done there. Um, we're we're going to be gone like two weeks for sure. Um, and we're going to normally we go and we, we hit two different cities uh, while we're there. And this time we're going and hitting like one main city that we may go out to a couple different places um, within that mm-hmm. for part of the trip. And then we're hopping on a train, a high speed train, uh, which would be kind of cool, um, and going way far south down to where um, I think it's like their prisons and whatnot mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the I think it's the chaplains from, from, the organization um, have asked for Dave to be able to come in and, and teach them. So like teach the chaplains that are within a lot of the um, prisons and, and police force, I think it is. Yeah. And so um, that'll be a totally different experience. That's not something we've done before. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, it's just always been within each city. Um, so the, the need is there for taking more people because uh, it's definitely different settings. And, um, you know, but with that need is, you know, financial needs and everything else are a lot bigger on this trip. And, you know, God's continuing to provide and um, always has every trip we've taken so far with all the hiccups we run into and traveling and whatnot. Um, I'm excited to see how this one's going to go because oh, yeah. I have learned – I've learned to not go into each one thinking that it's like cookie cutter and you could do the same thing you did at one place, you know, the next time you go. Sure. I got humbled on that, like my second trip <laughs> when I was like, you know, sort of taken back. So I was like, well, this is what we did on the first trip and this right. is how it worked here and we need to do this, this and this and um realized you know the the cities and the communities that we were in had different needs and Mm. you know it was really cool to see how god like always sends the right people with us on each trip for what we're probably going to encounter or what we do end up encountering yeah you know so like that second trip you know we had john hedich and and some of the other guys that went on that one for their first time but it was like a city that needed someone just like that who was going to talk and speak. And, you know, it was a very dark city. I remember going into just as far as just like the feeling when we drove into there is just like the heaviness that you felt. Mm. That was the first and only time we've experienced it like that um, for that specific city. And so um, I've had to learn that each trip is, is going to be different and, you know, God's, got a pretty good idea (laughs) i assume Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh always the best idea for who should go and um what they're gonna be able to contribute to the group so it's been cool um i'm able to help lead the outreach group i was about to say for for those that aren't familiar y'all can go listen to dave's podcast which is out already um and we talked to him about Nathaniel Project and what that is, him teaching pastors overseas, teaching them um, 
how to preach, how to how to mind the word, so to speak, yeah. that he uses all the time. And then um, he takes a group that does the outreach stuff in the cities, which is what you guys do yeah. while he's teaching, is, yes. if I understand correctly. Yeah, because ultimately he's he's there. I want to say stuck in a room, but he's he's in one place the whole time teaching to the pastors that mm-hmm. all come from the area tribes and, and communities to come um, come to this. And so while he's doing that, um, you know, there's not much for us to do. We don't need to sit there and listen. <laughs> so uh, we we take our you know our funds that we have and we go and try to reach some of the needs there within that community. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll normally have something set up where we can go and um, share the gospel. Um, to a large group and then feed them afterwards, whether mm-hmm. it's rice, oil, um, some of the chicken. Stuff. No chicken. <laughs> we have to, we do the very simple stuff that they can use to go with other things. Chicken <laughs> is what we end up having half the time or goat mm-hmm. um, when they, when they cook for us. But no, we, we try to uh, go out and, um, share the gospel while providing a need that they have, mm-hmm. uh, providing for them. And then along the way, you know, we really don't take any downtime. Like there's, they're setting those things up, but in between all of that, we're out trying to share the gospel with everyone we encounter. Sure. Um, at least, you know, we do the Bibles and bracelets from time to revive. We bring, you know, thousands of those and, um, you know, we try to paint the town, you know, yellow, black, red, blue, green, and orange, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as far as that goes. So we, we really try to use our time wisely and then, again, see a need, meet a need type of options when you've got um, money in your pocket that's yeah. meant for that. And then the other thing we do is the water filters. So we'll do a demonstration out there um, with the water filters um, tying it to the gospel. And then uh, normally, because the crowds have gotten bigger and bigger each time and we only have so many of the water filters, we'll try to um, find more unique situations to give those out, like to yeah. families that we see that need it and uh, you know, showing them how it works. So, yeah, we're, we're staying busy while Dave's back there teaching and we go out separately with uh, our Kenyan team at least you know one or two of them and and do what we do out there that's cool yeah and y'all brought soccer balls one yeah yeah we always try to hit like an orphanage at least Mm -hmm. um and those are the best days i mean that's that's what always keeps me going there is like the kids in general even if it's not an orphanage like we'll set up just outside of whatever building we're in um, that he's teaching in, if we got some downtime and play outside and the kids will just flock from all Mm -hmm. over. I mean, they're just, it's very different culture over there with that sort of thing. You know, the kids are, are kind of out there all the time, um, kind of wandering the streets a bit. And so they just show up in droves and just play. And that's all you do is just play. And it's it's the coolest thing ever. It's it's my favorite part of the trips. Um, it's the part that re-energizes me, at least. You know, I know yeah. sometimes it can be exhausting after your whole day of outreach 
to go and play with the kids, but man, it like you find energy to do different things over there. I guess like when you're when you're working within your calling, yeah, yeah, you're able to like like God just gives you just like the supernatural energy to do things that normally you might not have the energy for. Oh yeah. So the kids are a big big draw for me. That's my my heart when I go over there for sure. Well, that's very cool, man. Uh, I wanted to thank you for your time coming out here and sitting down with me in this get-to-know portion of the podcast, and thank you for your service as deacon and worshiper and musician. I just want to bless you and hope the Lord blesses you and keeps you all the days of your life. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Um, It's really cool doing a podcast with you know different people within the church, it helps maybe see a, hopefully a different side for sure of the pastors or leaders or, or whoever else you end up having on here. So absolutely appreciate bro. it, man. Absolutely. See ya later. Bye.